0: I will start this episode with a disclaimer. The following audio and the seri content that is coming for the next few weeks can be harmful and not appropriate for all audiences. It may also contain content that some can find triggering and disturbing. So adults' and parents' discretion is advised. And before continuing, make sure an appropriate audience listens to that episode as I will talk about children's sexual abuse. So I thank you to make sure the appropriate Use. Listen to this message.
1: Hi, Jian. Hello.
0: I'm honored to be here. Me too. I'm so honored to finally found you because I, I reached out to different, especially through RAIN, that's a uh, great association in the States, and I found you. <laughs> I really say that because uh, parenting. For me, it's something important, even though I I don't have children. It was a question that I had in my head since a child when I could see my mother, the way she was acting towards me. And I always look at her with this, this question. Why did she have children so young? Why does she treat me like that? He's not mature enough, and I—I I was six years old, eight years old, and I—and I had those thoughts, you know. Wow. So I grew with that. I grew up with that, and of course, I had this experience of sexual abuse. Anyway, so, so you are for me the role model that I was looking <laughs> for. Yeah, I mean, because it's a tough thing to become a parent when you have that past. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I wanna so I'm gonna introduce you more formally. You are an, you are an author, a massage therapist, and you help people. You're gonna tell me more about that, but you support people who want to become better parents when they have an experience of trauma. Our specific trauma is sexual abuse, but it can be any of them. And I really like what you have on your website, and I'm gonna have those questions, because these are exactly the questions that I had in my mind, even though I was not able to uh, formulate them that way towards my mother. See, do you want to get your anger under control? Do you feel like you're not doing a good enough job? You know, and she knew, she knew she wasn't. And she told me that like recently. So yeah, When you are a survivor of sexual abuse, it's tough to become the best version of yourself, especially as a parent. So what was your path to get there?
1: Gosh. um, Well, I'll start off with saying how hard parenting is no matter what. And almost at, at some point... All parents feel inadequate. I mean, you feel like you're not doing a good enough job because you you get thrown so many things on a daily basis that you don't really have training for, and you just have to do the best you can. And some days that is is the best you can is good enough, you know. So you, I think parents have to give themselves a break. And survivors, I think we're just so much harder on ourselves that we somehow think we have to overcome everything and be perfect and have, you know, not make mistakes. And, and so parenting can feel very um, daunting. But I think the survivors can make, be the best parents because we have empathy. We understand children want, want our children to have it so much better than us. And we desperately want to break that cycle you know? So that is, I knew I wanted to do a better job. And then I was like, okay, here I've got this precious baby. What do I do? You know? So I had to, I had to start learning and like any undertaking, I just read books. I watched shows, you know, at the time there was um, Dr. Brazil 10 was really great. And I just learned, I soaked up everything I possibly could. And then I hung out with other moms and I talked to them. And my best friend had been a mother for 10 years already by the time I had my first child. So I had good examples around me and then I had bad examples, you know, so I could see what I didn't want to do. And I was like, oh boy, I don't want to be You know, I don't, I I don't want to discipline like that. I don't want punishment, you know, but there's those times when you get so angry and I did have leftover things that I hadn't healed yet from my uh, experiences. So I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of emotional instability and I was in denial to a degree and I had shame and guilt and all those things. So. Number one thing, I had to uh heal myself. I had to start that healing process. And I never went to therapy until I had my baby. Wow.
0: Yeah. I, I to get back to my my mother, because I'm I'm comparing, I know it's not the great thing, but I have to, you know, she wasn't aware of what she was doing. She wasn't even aware of her own trauma. So I guess that's what you're saying is that it is when you are aware, then you have all the tools to become the great parent you want to become because you are getting on that healing path.
1: Yes, you have to, I believe, heal yourself and these and look at it realistically mm-hmm. because I still you know, I knew my father molested me. That was a given. I just kind of thought, okay, well, you know, that hasn't bothered me that much, but I was a, I would drink and I had done drugs. I was promiscuous. I did all these self-destructive behaviors and I just thought it was something wrong with me, but really a lot of it was because of the trauma and because of my low self-esteem. And so I, I, Wanted to be a better person, better parent and all of that. But I, you know, it wasn't my motivation was the children, but it was also just so necessary for myself and therapy opened my eyes and made me look at it. Realistically, I finally had somebody believing me and honoring and telling me, oh, my gosh, that was so terrible, you know? Cause I kind of had shoved it down and belittled it and, you know, made it kind of, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bad. I survived. You know, there were a lot of good things about my childhood. You know, that one yeah. really terrible thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to have terrible things in our lives, you know?
1: Exactly. And that's how it can kind of make it seem like, well, why are you making a big deal out of that? Cause you know, all these other things, but no, it should be made a big deal out because it is wrong. It is so hurtful. It has effects when you're growing and developing your sense of self as a child that just blows, like it just blew my trust out of the water. I was in love with my daddy. I loved him more than anything. And he just completely tore it away. you. yeah, he took my trust and yeah, it was um, not a good thing. And then I hated him and, and my mother because my mother um, allowed it to happen. And I came to find out later in life that she did know. She knew all about it. She told me, yeah, I thought something like that was happening, which blew my mind. Because I just didn't think, but I was also very fortunate that I went through it all side by side with my sister, Taryn, who is my rock. And she went to therapy first and she always supported me and kept me, you know, in reality, you know, whenever I would want to say, ah, you know, but we got to go over there for Christmas. She's like, you don't have to, you know. (laughs)
0: So really important what you're saying because uh, children who experience sexual abuse or any abuse, they don't say how to say no. And it is difficult; they haven't learned how to protect themselves, so they will they will willfully expose themselves again to the same abusers, because there is a deep connection of love with these people, where love and hate and abuse are collapse together and there is a confusion there yes so then when you become a parent it can be i remember i had that fear because it's so close you know the abuse and love i was afraid to do the same yes so i'm grateful for your sister she was like a lighthouse for you (laughs) yes
1: she really did keep me grounded And I think because I have very, very little memory, you know, and I thank God for it, actually. And I've gone, I've tried hypnosis through a couple of therapists, but, you know, they say that your mind is protecting you. And you don't need to know every single detail or see it again or relive it exactly to know that it happened. I mean, I know it happened. There There is a reason for that. Yes. And I'm okay with
0: that. And there is a reason for that because otherwise uh, the amount of chemicals in the body would kill the body. Mm. It's so intense. That's what I've learned during these podcast episodes. The amount of chemical in the body is so intense that you need to shut down all of that. It needs, the body needs to shut down the memories and everything. Otherwise it can kill you. Wow. (laughs) So yeah, we have a great body system that protects us.
1: Yes. But if it weren't for my sister, I do think that maybe I would have buried it all Mm -hmm. and not really because we did have each other to talk to about it and everything. I think if I had been an only child or there by myself, I May have, you know, had it memories pop up when I was 30 or 40 and go, whoa, what happened? But she, you know, we went through it together and we talked about it. So I'm very grateful for that. you have children before you? My sister? Yes. She's, she has a stepson. So, yes, <laughs> she got into <laughs> the, um, which is a whole nother difficulty, you know, but Parenting, you know, is hard, whether you're a single parent with the other, you know, biological parent adopted or, you know, whatever, or step parenting. But um, it's important to live in your truth. And I think with relationships, if you're having children, it's important that your partner knows about it Mm -hmm. and will support you. I mean, that's that's the uh, would be the golden scenario. yeah, And they don't always, a lot of times, you know, you don't know how to express it well sometimes, and then they don't really know what to do with the information. So it's really, really tough. But I think it's important that um, at least your partner would know some of it and to kind of understand what you're, when you're triggered or when you're overwhelmed and they can help and step in. You become a team.
0: Yes. In the healing process. Yes. Uh-huh. That too. And parenting, of course. And parenting, yes. <laughs> so when did you have this idea? Like when did you start to think about writing a book about it? I guess I, uh, I kind of always
1: did. I mean, I say for 20 years, which is, you know, Ten years into my having children, <clears throat> I just because I learned so much, and I'm like, why do I, does everybody have to invent the wheel? I can just put what I know, you know, down. And so I I always journaled, not consistently every day or anything, but you know, different periods of time I would journal, and I just wrote down different things, you know, and then eventually it turned into a book. So it was all about healing and and getting out of the anger and shame and guilt and denial and the self-destructive behaviors, you know, and, and basically learning to be kind to yourself, love yourself, because if you are not whole. Are not working on it, then it's very, very difficult to be kind and nice to others, you know, which you really have to be just as soft as you can with children, because they are just beginners, you know, they're going to make mistakes all the time. And they're going to be annoying and obnoxious and <laughs> break things and, you know, make a mess and not listen so you know there's all these and then there's the wonderfulness thank goodness and the cuteness (laughs) that (laughs) keeps you keeps you um pulls you all back into the love but loving them is is a big part of it but it's not exactly enough with parenting you you have to learn how to set boundaries
0: yes what did you learn what did you use to support you in your I had
1: to learn all about setting boundaries.
0: Okay. What kind? How?
1: Well, (laughs) boundaries are basically, I I didn't even know what they were or, or what's okay and not okay with you. Like if somebody says, you know, my child's been at their house all day and they're like, well, you know, it's getting late and we just want them to spend the night, you know, if I didn't know the parent well or whatever, and in the beginning when they were younger, I just, I didn't feel comfortable with them spend the night. You know, I had some friends spend the night at my house, but I just was like, no, you know, I'll come get them. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I just, and sometimes before I would have been a people pleaser and said, well, okay, you know, that's cool. That's great. I don't have to do dinner tonight or whatever, but No, I really always tried to think of what was best for my children and, you know, they play, what are they going to do? Just sleep over there. So no, they can sleep at home. So I was protective. I tried to teach them by my being consistent and trustworthy and honest. I would be honest with them all the time. I would just, I would say, oh, wow, I just made a mistake, you know? Oh gosh, you know, I just, the cashier gave me Five dollars too much. I would give it back. You know, they would see me being honest. They knew I was trustworthy. And so I wanted them to be able to come to me with anything and everything, you know. And that was super important to me because of course I can't be with them all the time. I wanted them to be able to tell me if if they ever somebody crossed the line with them or they just felt uncomfortable. You know, it's okay if you don't, you don't have to put your finger on what's wrong with coach so-and-so but just you know let me know if you ever feel uncomfortable any at all nothing has to happen giant you know and that's because sexual abuse is so subtle yes people will groom and and wait and be the nice person and you know give them gifts and spend time with them and offer them rides home and whatever 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 until it's not you know that's that's how
0: it happens yes
1: So it's the subtle things that kids might feel uneasy about, but they don't know how to say, you know, well, they didn't really do anything. They just, you know, they hugged me. So, but I want to know if coach hugs you, you know, and it's not on the field with all the other kids, you know? Yes.
0: So I'm curious, how did you teach them to um, express that and to come back to you with the this type of information without creating fear into them? Because I, I, it's a subtle line, you know, like. uh,
1: Right. That's a great question. Well, I didn't start with, you know, child abusers. I started with more simple things like their friends or, you know, if anybody, you know, are, are your girlfriends being mean? Are they cutting you out of conversation? Because, you know, little girls at a certain point often, are mean to other ones. And, you know, um, I just kind of tried to have an open dialogue at all times that I was going to be there and I was going to listen to them. And I asked questions about their day. It wasn't all just barking orders. Okay. Go put your backpacks down, get, get your homework done, set the table, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I was like, no, Hey, how was your day? You know, and car rides were always the time to talk because you're not looking at them. They're not looking at you. They could be looking out the window and just, you know, ask them some open-ended questions. Like, so what happened at school today? Anything, you know, anything interesting happen or, you know, I just, I don't consider myself a helicopter mom, but I knew what they were up to. I knew that when they had a math test, I knew, you know, I just kept, they were my priority in life.
0: What I'm hearing is a parent who is present. There is a presence. Yes. Not always. Yeah. <laughs> Not perfectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were yeah. days,
1: I'm sure, where I had other things on my mind or whatever. But, uh, you know, it was it was just a process of I wanted a loving, trusting, open, honest home. And I, I can't even really tell you how I did it exactly day to day. But it just my intention was that giving them dignity and respect is, is um, even if I was mad at them and yelling at them, mm-hmm. I still, I tried not to cross the line. And if I did, I yelling, yelling was my thing that I regret that I, cause I know I got, probably had a devil voice and they, you know, were afraid, were afraid of me and, Sometimes I felt like I, they didn't listen until I turned into that person. And it was a horrible feeling, but I would apologize after I'd cooled down and say, you know, you didn't make me that way. I, I had a bad day and I took it out on you and I'm so, so sorry. And they would always, always forgive me. They'd always say, it's okay, mommy, you know, fine, (laughs) you know, because they will,
0: they will, and they appreciate honesty because children, they know. I mean, you don't even have to say anything. They feel everything.
1: But they sometimes may think that your bad mood is their fault. That's true. Especially if you're yelling them because of something they did. Mm-hmm. And I also learned in the parenting books not to call them bad or stupid or anything. You, you just say the behavior. That was a really bad choice. That was a pretty stupid choice or what you know it was a bad inappropriate behavior but not you know but then I would joke around with them too I'd be like stop being so childish child you know (laughs) because of course they were supposed to be child childish
0: (laughs) there's something you shared with me when we were preparing this episode which is related with your father and I ponder about that. You told me that you cut the relationship with him. Yes. And he never meets your children. He never, I mean, you had really, you, uh, you drew the line completely. Yes. And I thought about it because sometimes many parents who have this experience, they expose their children. And for me, it was an example of strong boundaries, that you set up yes yeah were you were you aware of of that did did you do it consciously with that intention it was a process Mm -hmm. it was definitely a process
1: my sister had stopped talking to my parents years and years before she moved out of state and I still felt obligated and I got together with them even though I you know Really hated every minute of it. But, you know, I still always kind of craved that I wanted my parents to accept me and love me and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, they did to a degree. But after my mother died, my father, I started the therapy and I just started getting stronger. I was, I was mad. I was very, very sad. I cried, 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 cried a lot in therapy. But I also was getting mad and, you know, seeing it realistically and about how messed up it was. And he came to me, he came over to my house one time and he had called and I decided, I think it was after therapy session. I said, I'm going to pretend I'm not home. You know, I don't feel like seeing him today. And He came and he walked around the back of the house and started looking, you know, he knocked on the door. I didn't answer. He walked around the back of the house and I just got really mad. I'm like, he is really breaking boundaries here. And what the, who who is he? You know, so I went out there and I said, okay, hi, (laughs) you can come in. And then I was just strong and he was talking about all this stuff that I didn't. And then when he was, after he talked about himself for a while. I said lots of things I didn't like. He stood up to go and he goes, how are you doing? I said, sit down and I'll tell you. And I just, I don't know what it was, but I just, I wasn't afraid of him. And I just let him have it. I told him I was going to therapy and all these things. I was learning and feeling and how mad I was at him. And I didn't want him to ever touch me again. And he was pretty rattled. And he apologized. He, he had apologized before, but, but he like wanted to pretty much sweep it under the rug after that. I'm sorry, it's over. We're done. Okay, let's, let's be good now. And that wasn't going to work for me. So I just did. And I said, if there's going to be any contact, I will contact you. And I didn't. And he didn't for 14 years. And so that was very, very important for my kid's safety. I did not want to have to ever worry about that. And he and I, you know, I missed having a father, you know, at father's day, but I never had the father I wanted or, you know, that I could trust. So it was it was not terrible, but it was not easy to do. But after a while, it got easier and easier and easier. And my huh. sisters would see him. I, I I have two, I have three sisters, and there were two older that did continue to see him, and they just they, they were in denial. So, yeah, that was important to me, and it was a very it 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 helped me I think in my healing quite a bit. Yeah. It's not for everybody, but I guess. <laughs> But for me, it's not. If somebody's going to be disrespectful of me and not care about my feelings, then why do I have to protect his?
0: And I think it set up something like a safety space with the children. You know, even though it wasn't said, or you told me you, you told them while they were growing yes. up. But I think it set up. It sets up something uh, uh, a safety space, a safe space and it's strong enough so you can, you can evolve in that space. They can flourish in that space because it's, it's there. And for me, it's such an example also of, you know, taking care of oneself for a former abused child. It is so important to be able to set up those boundaries in a strong way and Know that you can trust yourself. Yes. So then if you can trust yourself for your own safety, then you are able to extend that to your children. And I think that was some that's something that I observed when we were chatting. Yes. I really wanted to. And
1: and I think too, I was realizing that I was an adult, being a mother really really helped me grow up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was protecting my inner child. I was yelling at him for that little seven, eight year old that he started molesting, you know, cause she couldn't, she was afraid. She was very, very afraid of that man. And I wasn't. And at that time, you know, so that was good. And it did help me. You're right. It helped me to be a better protector Of my children, because if I could say that to him, who is basically my monster of my life, I could say it to anybody, you know, not that I needed to, but I could say no or question teachers or, you know, doctors. Well, I don't understand. Explain that some more or, you know, go to teachers if there was a problem and beyond be my kids advocate, be their hero. I would stand up for them always and. Because I taught them honesty, I would always believe them when they said they didn't do something. Then they didn't do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's it's uh, you touch something that is um, that I notice in my family. I I was taught to lie. As a child, Mm. because of that, you know, because of the abuse, you have to lie about it. So when you start to lie about something very important, you can lie about anything. Yes. And there is this learning curve back to truth. What is real? What is important? What is honesty? What is authenticity? And that's what I'm hearing, like becoming that role model for them. Yes.
1: Yes. Oh, I wasn't always honest. Lying was pretty easy. You're taught to law, lie, and then you're yes. then you feel bad. I mean, mm-hmm. you always feel bad. And what if somebody finds out? You know. So it's in my book, but I I really really did tell my kids, okay, if you tell me, I ask you something, you tell me the truth, you will not be in trouble. I might be mad, and all that, but you won't get into trouble. And I would stand by it. So they could tell me anything. they could, you know, I'd say, "How did this vase get broken?" And they would slink around or something, but I'd say, "I did it, you know. And I would say, "Well, I appreciate your honesty so much. Thank you so much, because I know it didn't just fall by itself or whatever. I'm just making up an example. But by them being able to tell the truth without a bad consequence, it's such a relief. Such a relief. They didn't have to lie and hide and feel bad. And it was like, okay, stuff happens. We'll fix it or we'll throw it away and it's okay. So, you know, their dignity and re- self respect is more important than any object. So I, I felt really good. I don't know if I read that somewhere or whatever. It was just part of my thing about honesty. I just really had to have honesty. I craved it, you know, just that's why it's so hard to be in relationships sometimes because you can't, you know, everybody's not honest.
0: Yeah. And and we believe because we were taught that also, we believe that it's the way to go, but it never brings you anywhere. And there's no, there's no honesty. And even though people are not honest it's so important to be honest with ourselves first
1: yeah you have to kind of know what honesty is for yourself and you know I looked for it in in partners and things and you know if they were ever dishonest it was kind of like a giant red flag that there would you know if they can lie about a little thing they could lie about a big thing you know I was just it's very very that's the whole hard, hard thing about being a survivor especially of sexual abuse is the trust how do you trust anyone in the whole world? Especially yeah. when it was daddy. It was daddy that did it.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, your hero, your gods. Yes. As a child, your parents are your gods. I mean, they do everything. They decide everything for you. I mean, you, you're depending on them. So when there is betrayal, at that level of betrayal, I mean, the trust, you don't you don't even I remember I didn't even trust life and it's, it it wasn't my father, but even though I didn't trust life itself, like life would take care of me.
1: Right. It's so scary. And, you know, that's what I wanted my kids to not be scared, but to know they could talk to me about anything. know they could say no to authority. They could tell a teacher, no or you know any any adult reasonably and you know respectfully but they if they had any problems they could tell me and i i didn't want them to feel like they ever had to just hug and kiss everybody at every gathering you know i didn't make them do that i just am uncomfortable with it and i believe it takes away their sense of their own rights over their body. If you say, go kiss everybody in the room, go say them all goodbye. We're leaving. I don't kiss everybody in the room when I'm leaving. You know, why does the adorable little child have to, because then they get the feeling that, well, I don't want to get in uncle Joey's lap, but mommy said, it, you know, he's pulling me up there. So I have no say so.
0: And then we, we are surprised that there are so many people pleasers on the planet and mm. people are inauthentic, but we are teaching our children to be that way.
1: Yes, be nice. That wasn't nice, you know. And that is a really tough thing because, of course, we want our children to be polite and nice-ish, but to what degree, you know? I don't know. It's a it's a good balancing act. I, I I'm trying with my three year old granddaughter not to say be nice. Oh, be nice. You know, I'm trying to just say whatever the situation is, you know, pet the cat nicely or, you know, but if she wants to say, give me a cookie, you know, I'm probably going to say, you can have the cookie. You know, <laughs> It'd be nice to say, please. Or, you know, would you like yeah. to say, please, but not correcting every little thing or making her have to be the nice girl or the people pleaser. It's mainly girls I think fe- females I think that get that feeling I'm not, I think we let boys slide for some reason a little more yeah that's yeah
0: true. I guess it's a it's a the role model that we have in the world around us is for so many centuries like a male masculine society based on masculine distorted masculine values I would say yes. <laughs> Yes. So, yes, women had to be uh, submissive and nice and pleasers and uh, right. yeah,
1: helpful. Be helpful.
0: And, and the
1: Boys will be boys. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you know, they're going to be rambunctious and they're going to do whatever and not always be polite. And I think like, mm, I think we could teach them to be polite and to be helpful. They can still do things, too. You know, they can certainly do things in the kitchen that the girls can do and girl vice versa, you know, it's important, I think, to recognize each child as an individual and get to know kind of their own personality. And it's, you know, you can't parent everybody the same either. I tried to spend, it's not always easy, but tried to spend some alone time with each child and give them special attention because it was, you know, often the louder one would get more attention than the quieter one. I'll just say the louder was my boy and the quieter one was my girl, but it could have been the
0: other way around. Mm -hmm. You really think that now this transmission, this transgenerational transmission is over? You did your work, you did your job. In my family, yes. Yes, yes. And did you did you talk about what happened to you to your children and how did you address that? You know, like there is an education about sexuality as well that we are responsible for. Yes. How did you approach those aspects of their life?
1: That that can be very tough. It can be very triggering and everything, and not knowing how far to go. So again, I would look for books, and there's you know there's all the uh, the age appropriate, you know, and basically you answer their question, whatever they, you don't have to go into a whole, you know, book about whatever, about the birds and the bees. You can just answer their question. They say, well, where do babies come from? Well, they come out of mommy's tummies, you know? Oh, okay. And le- usually there's going to be several follow-up questions, but, you know, if you just <laughs> answer the questions and I, I, you know, try, I tried to be not from the stork or something like that. I would, you know, say vagina and penis and stuff because I wanted them to know from an early age, that is what it is Uh just in case. And it's not comfortable saying Uh that to a two, three year old, but if it's normal, it is the name for it. Uh Uh And if you normalize it, these are parts of your body. This is your nose. This is your penis. This is your belly button. Um, and I think this is a job for a parent and not anybody else. That somebody can't do something to them and call it a muffin or or you know whatever, and they say, you know, they can argue with it if if it ever came to be a case. Oh so, well, no, the ba- the child is confused. I was just you know baking a muffin or something. You know, no, you. I'm just. I'm getting off track here with my. No,
0: no, 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 that's okay. I mean, because these are expressions adults use to confuse, you know, the child as well. So it, it has to be addressed. And what you're saying is that you were telling using the words that and I really like this normalization of any part of the body. So that's what it is. And that's what it is. Right. Yeah.
1: And about my sexual abuse, of course, I I did not feel like it was appropriate at all to bring it up to my children a couple of times in their childhood, probably early, but um, they would say, what about your mommy? What about your daddy? You know, and I I would say, well, um, my dad, my mom's dead and my dad, I don't see anymore. And because he was mean to me. was basically what I said. And then when they were teenager or preteen, it came up again. There was something in the news where a girl was um, kidnapped and abused and they were talking about it and their friends were talking about it. And so I explained a little more about it and to my daughter who was older and her friend in the car. One time I did confess that I had been sexually abused and answered a few questions, but kept it very, very light and but I was trying to give them information about how easy it is to happen you know and you have to be on the lookout you have to you know of course not get in anybody's car don't go over to stranger no matter what they're asking you for directions or anything you don't you don't need to help adults they shouldn't be asking teenagers to help them you know so and then When they were in their 20s, I told them a lot more about it. when I was writing the book, of course, they both read it. So Mm -hmm. um, but they are adults now Mm -hmm. and fully supportive of me and think I'm fantastic and strong. And they forgive me for what I guess they've forgotten whatever mistakes I made, you know. So it's it's really it's I do feel very good about raising good, emotionally healthy kids who have you know, they just have a a better start in the world because they didn't have abuse and they were aware of it. So they, you know, I don't think they were going to let anybody abuse them or get that close to them.
0: And they can become, they can become advocate for others. You know, if they see a situation, if they hear something, because they are aware. Yes. Yes.
1: And certainly sensitive. If anybody were to tell them anything about it, you know, they would know how to support them.
0: Yes. Exactly because still now it's like one child out of five still. I mean it hasn't changed yet. Yes. So but you
1: you were bringing up the Rain organization rainn.org. Yes. I was just looking on their website and they do have a lot of information about parent safety for student safety, even college students, you know, all kinds of things online safety signs of abuse and and just so many things and how to talk to people that might have been sexually assaulted and they're they're just a great resource.
0: Yeah they yeah. are I looked at their uh, the website when I was doing research on the topic because I I didn't have so many therapists. I had to go through my my healing process a little bit with Sometimes with help, sometimes without. Yes. So, I was still learning stuff when I decided to talk about this subject, and it was a great resource for me.
1: Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Well, the the journey to healing, I think, is pretty much lifelong. You know, and there's <laughs> there's more to heal. There's there's always more to learn. I think, depending on what stage you're at. And it's just important to keep going, and also important to take breaks. It's like you said, you're you know, my therapy. I t- I took um, breaks for years, and I think all added up, it might be ten years of therapy that I had with four different therapists, and different groups, and things like that. But it wasn't all consecutive, so you know, you do what you have to do, and then it's good to. Tune into yourself and take breaks and, you know, not focus on it all the time. Because in the beginning and everything, it can be so overwhelming. It's all you're ever thinking about, you know, and I guess you have to get through that. But it's so it's such a relief to get past each milestone of healing and then you really can be happy 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 and there were there were lots of times i never ever ever even thought about it you know it just wasn't even part of my life just a little tiny tiny little bit somewhere
0: yeah yeah that's the message we want to share that it's it's there's Really the light at the end of each tunnel, I would say, at the end of each state, milestone. There is really that light, and we can really live a a normal life and becoming a great parent.
1: And I think parenting kind of helps, at least it helped me Mm -hmm. hurry up, you know, and get it done because I wasn't doing it, you know, very well before. So it just became so important. And I... I'm hoping to reach parents when they're younger and their kids are younger to, to go ahead and learn lots of things and keep learning other things that aren't just in my book, but everywhere about how to do it well and do it better than your own parents did. And it can be done. And it's, it's very fulfilling.
0: <laughs> I think it can be like of a life purpose, you know, when, uh, the- and you make it a life purpose, life of service to yourself, but also to people on the planet. For me, I always see that so important to, you know, create a new legacy. You know, it's like you took your parents' legacy and you turned it into something greater. Yes.
1: So, in a way, I can be a little teensy weensy bit grateful for the experience, I guess. <laughs> 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 I
0: mean. I I don't know. At the the end of the whole process, then we are able to feel that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I found some forgiveness Uh because I had to for myself. So didn't keep bothering me so much, you know, and enveloping my life. I needed to find some forgiveness and realize that they were troubled. They, my father was mentally ill apparently. And my mother definitely had her depression and things. And, you know, forgive them for not doing better because I can't go back and change anything. so and that helped me just to move on, just to not let it hurt me so much anymore because trying to figure out why, why, why did this happen. And you know, it's um, I can do that for a little while, but basically, you can't ever really know, and you you know,
0: and it's a torturing question, you know, yeah, like it's because
1: what is the answer? It's not necessary to know, I guess, you know, to, to heal, to be, to live your own life. You need to move on at a certain point and live your own life and do better. Like you said, and I'm just hoping that more and more parents are aware of it. Cause it's a terrible subject to talk about. I hate it. Nobody wants to talk about child sexual abuse. It's like the word you just want to go, la, 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 you know, So many people don't want to hear about it. And I don't want to beat it to death. However, it needs to be brought up because it's not just a very far away thing happening. It is happening in every neighborhood. That's that's,
0: exactly. And that's every time I talk about this with my mother, she's like, well, you should talk about something else. (laughs) And uh, well, and she's on her own healing process. And she, she told me that you know, I can see it. I can see that she could have been another person. You know, she could have been if she had had that uh, healing process before. I would have been someone else. That's yes. for sure. So I acknowledge that. And uh, but to her question, I, I told her, you know, mom, there's still too many children who are in that situation, and too many adults that are suffering from it. And it's not to just stir the pot, you know, like saying about the same thing again and again and just staying in it. It's just about bringing that awareness so one day it doesn't exist anymore on the planet. Yes. And that's why it is important to address this. And that's why I, I was so happy when you contacted me. I'm like, oh, my God, someone's talking about what it is really. Yes. You know to to transmute that in 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 your daily life especially with children where you can you can do I mean you can do anything to a child. I remember my mother she would be angry and throw objects at me, you know, like Why? yes, you know things like that and I was aware of what she was doing. So
1: it was maybe, probably something that was done to her.
0: And Yeah, she when, when she exactly My God, when she tells me what she had to go through, I'm like, I don't know if I would have survived it. Honestly, honestly. And that's that's forgiveness that you were you were talking about a little bit earlier towards parents. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, she didn't know. She didn't know better. Right.
1: And when you know better, you should do better.
0: You know, when you,
1: you are made aware. And you should be when you're a parent, you need to be on the lookout for adults that and even older kids that might want to hurt your child or teach them something inappropriate or, you know, so it's a tough job, but it's very
0: important. It is important. You even told me that you had created like a safety circle with your children. What, what is that? You well, know, you have an inner circle of...
1: Yes. Um, well, it's in lots of different parenting books and everything is to have your children, your child find, name some adults that they trust and that they can go to with anything. You know, it's you don't have to be talking about abuse. You can just be if you get bullied at school or if, you know, you feel uncomfortable or as a teacher mean to you, you can go not just to mommy and daddy, because sometimes for whatever reasons they need other people to talk to. So mommy's best friend, auntie, whoever, you know, my one teacher, you, you make a list of some people in your safety pack and then I have it on my website as a safety uh, child safety plan and then the yes. safety network mm-hmm. and it just kind of gives is a little guide to these people saying okay well me and my child picked you to be in their safety pack and this is what it means it's basically that you are someone they can come to and tell anything and you will listen to them and understand and believe them mm-hmm. you don't just push them off and say, you know, you're going to be, if you're going to, if you're willing to be in this safety pack network for them, you need to listen to them. Whatever they say, if they're worried, scared, or uncomfortable, encourage them to tell you why, you know, listen first and not minimize or dismiss what they're telling you. And if they're bullied, someone hurt their feelings, it's to build trust. So they'll come to you with small or bigger things. So if they'll listen to you about, you know, somebody taking their ball on the playground, then they will listen to the child if they tell them something bigger happened to them. Yeah. You know, so you're and it's also making the, the people in this safety network aware that 25 percent of children will have someone they know touch them or be inappropriate with them sexually. So, you know,
0: they, they, they're like uh, the safeguard you know? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're just a team that, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully, because unfortunately it can't always be family. You need to have one non-family member because sometimes families are, are super dysfunctional and they will deny and not, not, not really be um, out for the child's best interest. You
0: know. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise things like that would not happen in family, you know?
1: Right. <laughs> and I think it's just important to let the children know that they have this little safety net so that it's just another le- level of security and safety for them. They know they've got this. We've talked about it because the world can be a scary place, especially if they ever hear news or people have told them about strangers or, you know, monsters. You know, the, the world is scary to children. It can
0: yeah, be. It can be. hmm so they have that i found that very interesting i've never heard about that before we talked about it and i've seen it on your website mm-hmm. so it's it's like you just you just have a conversation with them and tell them this is how it's going to work and then you gather the adults to let them know Or just individually, individually.
1: you know, I mean, I didn't do do I didn't do it formally, like type up a thing like I have now on my website, but I kind of didn't do it so formally in my own family. But I let my kids know that they could always talk with Auntie Taryn or my best friend, Bonnie, or did they have a teacher that they felt like they could talk to, you know, because sometimes things would happen at school that they would need to talk to an adult and they couldn't wait till they came home. You know, so yeah, I just wanted them to know they had a voice and they had rights, and they needed they and it was important to use them, because you can't be with them all the time, you can't protect them all the time, and if they have a sense of that, they have a right to be believed and protected, and you know, not hurt, then they'll speak up if they feel like that.
0: And I see it's a way for them to learn how to find support in life, you know, like if you learn that at a young age, then you will find You become resourceful. Yeah. And mostly children Mm -hmm. who have uh, experienced sexual abuse, they lack resource and support.
1: Right. You feel like you don't have any. Yeah, exactly. No resources. You know, who's going to believe you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You tell somebody you're going to be in trouble and nobody's going to believe you yeah i i think that's that's a nice point i hadn't thought about that but yet yeah, it does probably build them a self-confidence to to look for mentors or things when they're older or you know try to get a resources like you say
0: great so anything you would like to add for parents to just to conclude our Time together. It's been an hour already. Oh gosh! I
1: know it goes. I could talk forever on it because it's just it's so important. And you know, just being aware, doing your best. Parents are are you know, be easy on yourself. Find a way to see yourself as your child sees you. As as and they adore you, and they will forgive you anything. So do your best, but. Don't be so hard on yourself and keep going, keep learning, keep healing. You know, it's a process and kids will help you. You can have a happy childhood, getting down into their world, playing with them, being silly, you know, let the dishes and laundry wait, just have fun with your kids, have your own happy childhood now with, with your them. kids. With Yes. Them. And. Just don't sweat the small stuff, <laughs> as they say. It's all small stuff, but you know, they're they're the kids are going to turn out fine if yeah. you, if even if they're messy and not always polite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so i i I just want to summarize: create strong boundaries, and give them some, yeah, those boundaries, and and foster qualities like honesty. Truth, authenticity, these kind of uh, qualities. That it's, it's okay
1: um, to be human. I mean, because yeah. my parents were of a generation where their word was because they said so. And you just obeyed. There was no, you know, apologizing or anything. It was just, this was the law. And I didn't want to be like that. So I would show them my humanness, like I said, by apologizing and making, saying, oh, I made a mistake. And so that they could love themselves and forgive their own mistakes, which are plenty when you're young, you know, And, and not expect perfection i expected them to try their best but not perfection not straight a's not you know i mean try but i think it helped them not not have anxiety like a lot of kids are having because there's just so much expectation of them to do it all (laughs) it's hard we're just human you know true
0: it thinks into me, like it. It's like the child in me is hearing that, you know. Oh, good,
1: good. <laughs> yeah. We all have a child inside that needs to hear a lot of this, uh-huh. and we're we're wiser now and stronger now. We might not always feel it, but we can tap into that and give it to our inner child, and and it does. It goes a long way, you know. Just looking at pictures of yourself as a young child and just give them the love they didn't get and give them the belief. And you know, say, I, you know, I will protect you from here on out and not, you know, so sorry that whatever it is, there's just so much that you can give to your
0: inner child and help, 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 you know, Parents take care of your inner child and please go on these, um, um, j Jay- sorry, I'm mispronouncing your name. It's okay. j uh, website, it's com, And then you will find all kinds of information, the child safety plan, the book. And also they'll be able to contact you if yes. you want. Sure. Uh, do you, and well, maybe have a conversation with you. I don't know. <laughs> sure, <laughs> if they that'd need, be great. So. That'd be great. Okay, I want to... If you agree, I want to keep that open and uh, you are a resource for the world. And, thank you uh, very
1: much. I yeah, appreciate it. I want it. people
0: to know that. And uh, I, 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 I I, just appreciate your availability and your willingness to share and to contribute. And that's so important for me. So I really want to thank you for that. It's It's a pleasure. It was
1: just great connecting with you. I hope we'll talk again yes yes (laughs) all right thank you thank you have a good evening you too bye bye
0: hi thank you for listening for this episode of life juicy if you liked what you heard today share it with your friends and if you haven't already subscribe rate and review it if you have any questions or comments any topic ideas You can message me directly on B at livejuicy.love. M-A-R-I-E-B at L-I-F-E-J-U-I-C-Y dot L-O-V-E. Thank you for listening.